Everyone's up for ridicule. It doesn't matter who you are. I had no money, no nothing, and I contemplated everything and decided I was going to kill myself, and I had a feeling of absolute peace and serenity that just surrounded me. Back in the Hardy Books days, when we were all like improvising the show, it was all off the cuff. What I'm trying to do now, I'm trying to show you what the real world is like. Hello and welcome to the Innate Podcast, with myself, Nathan Whelan, and my co-host, Sam McMahon. Here we have conversations with individuals who are excelling in their given field, with emphasis on their craft, experiences, and mindset. Owen Colgan is an actor, writer, and comedian best known for his role as Buzz McDonald in the hit TV show, Hardy Books. Owen co-wrote the show alongside his cast member saying they wrote it with the intention to make each other laugh. It was never about becoming popular. Owen's Instagram account, Owen Colgan Fitness, that's O-W-E-N, is stacked with his comedic sketches, photoshops, and hilarious rambles about what's on his mind. His upcoming Owen Colgan Live comedy tour kicks off on September the 15th in Louth. In this conversation, we discuss everything from the origin of Hardy Books, his approach to comedy and its role in society today, the negative effects creating a character can have on your sense of self, and exclusive content from his upcoming tour. Enjoy. Uh, Dublin's class, lads. Sorry, just practicing my voice. Are you serious? No way! Yeah! <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> yes, conformity, yeah. We were born equal. <laughs> Think of it as foreplay. Yeah. You know? The working up to the main course. Exactly. And what is the main course? Skipping that completely and diving straight in. Mm, I like you. <laughs> a man after my own heart. <laughs> well then, with you and improv, how mm. much is, of what you say is actually off the cuff and how much is practice material that you add in after lines that are off the cuff? I would, if any. I would say back in the di- Hardy Books days when we were all like improvising the show, it was all off the cuff. But the thing is, it was like we might shoot over the course of two weeks and then, like, the first three days, it's like, oh, that's shite, that's shite, that's shite. But then we get into a groove. It's like you two lads hanging out together for, like, a long time. You kind of, at the beginning, it's kind of like it feels a bit awkward. But then when you get to know each other, it's kind of like you know what the person's going to say. So you've already, like, two or three steps ahead. And with the Hardy books, we were, like, like pre-planned. We're not pre-planned. So we had, like, uh, pre-hanging out times together. So then, like, when we were filming, it was like, once we got through the bullshit at the beginning, then we knew that the goal was there, like, they're waiting for us. So it was only like a matter of getting through the bullshit at the beginning to get through the good stuff, you know? And would that be like friendly competition to see who could come up with the best line or would that be, oh my God, that was hilarious. I'm going to play off that. You know what? It'd be friendly competition. Like it would rarely be, well actually no, sometimes it'd be like, that was fucking very funny. But no matter what was said, like if I said something that was very funny, then Mark Maloney, who's Eddie Durkin, he'd be like, I'm going to make something even funnier. And he would. And then the, the boo would come in and say something. He like he might do like a fucking uh, cartwheel, <laughs> and then Sam would come in and he he might take off his pants. It's always like trying to outdo the other person, which seems a bit sort of like cock blocking each other. But at the time, it was good for a competition to try to find a funnier joke, you know. So we're always like trying to make each other laugh. That was the most thing. It wasn't really more so. The, it wasn't the ego. It was more so trying to make each other laugh. But that, that's clear to see because that's a great recipe yeah. to build a great show off because you can see the connection you genuinely have together. And when oh, yeah. you can see that, it's just genuine. We're trying to make each other laugh. For sure. Want yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, you know big I mean? time, yeah. And it's trying to make each other laugh. And then the, the problem is, some, what I think is, in a small bit, the way sometimes when I got to TV, 
we were trying, we were thinking about what do people want now, and we were kind of a bit, we're a bit like thinking, we're a bit kind of maybe nervous or scared thinking. We about overthinking what, it. Yeah, all big time, and we wanted to understand what people wanted, make them happy. But before that, I was just trying to make Martin laugh, or Martin was trying to make me laugh, or the boo, whoever. Like we're just trying to make sure they laugh, and that's that's when the best comedy comes out. Even if you're like a, a bunch, a group of friends, if you're around a group of friends and you're all trying to make sure they laugh, but when you feel like people are watching you, that's when it kind of gets a bit like you kind of change your style a small bit because I don't know, maybe like you're not thinking about how you see stuff, you're thinking about how people want you to see stuff. And then obviously that changes how you would have gone about yeah. it the first time. Of course, yeah, yeah. no constraints <clears throat> on you guys at the beginning. Like, you seem to be just pushing the realm of absurdity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, what you just said there was, if I say something funny and then somebody does a cartwheel and somebody turns, takes their pants yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's not regulated. That's, that's, that's insanity of right course, there. Of course, because uh, it's does, living in the moment, you know. Does, uh, what type of benefits or freedoms or, or character development comes from being in a group like that and doing things like that? I suppose it's, it doesn't even have to be in a group, but if you're like hanging out with your dog and you feel free and you want to just run down the road or you want to sing a song, you know, like in a field or, or just, you just want to go a bit nuts. That's, that, that's in the moment and it feels free and that's where the beauty of everything in life lies, you know, in the moment. But when the Hardy books, we started thinking, fuck, what, what do they want? Or maybe that last joke was a bit shit. Then you start living in the past or the future and then that, it, you start overthinking stuff and you, you're not really inside the scene then anymore, you know? You're not really, you're not really living by what got you to the point you're at. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're just worried, maybe stressing or anxious about what people will think of you. And that's, no matter what aspect of life you're in, that's never a good thing. And did you just overcome that? Um, or did you just, like, you just sort of <clears throat> got on with it and found what you were happy with and just found what you well, thought people would like? Well, in the YouTube days, we were like, what we do is we'd shoot something and we'd talk for maybe, like, we might shoot a scene like the Mitzi Turbo Cup and we'd be down, like, the structure, like, the the, the boundaries of the episode will be laid out so we might have like we're going to be down the community centre it's going to be like the uh, Mitzi Turbo Cup You're, we're going to do like a few different scenes where it's like the the, the best engine in every car the, the fucking cheekiest face all that kind of stuff so then when our minds were kind of like okay this is how far we can kind of go with this scene we know how ignorant the characters are or whatever and then we'd improvise kind of on that and um, and then like what, the, what happened is the Viper edited the whole show down to like a sort of coherent story well, the editor, he, he edited it? Oh, yeah, the, the Viper is like the, he was like the goldless behind everything, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was, I would say like, obviously, like, see, Mark Maloney, Eddie Durkin, he was the, the mm. sort of the, the big thinker. And uh, he'd always like be thinking very big, kind of like, we got to get to Hollywood, lads. We're going to get to Hollywood. And we'd be like, try and get to Galway first. <laughs> 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 but then, because Miss Evan the Boo and all the other lads, French Toast, Salmon, we never really wanted to be like on TV but then Martin was like, "Oh, let's no, let's if we all get together, have the crack, we can we can do something really good here," and um, and we're like, "Nah, you're talking fucking shit, mate," because we're like pessimistic, you know, lads, Irish, yeah, or Mayo lads, even like Mayo, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. we're good, but we're not that good, like the Sam sort of thing, exactly, exactly, exactly like Sam McGuire. And then Martin was like, "No, you know what? We're gonna be fucking big." And then then we went through the RT competition storyland, mm. like an online RT competition. And then, thankfully, because of that, then we started winning different rounds. And then actually, then we started thinking, "Geez, we're actually maybe we're we're, we're quite funny." Actually, maybe we're onto something. Yeah. Do you mind actually explaining that storyland, yeah. the concept behind it? Yeah. It's actually, a it great actually story, is a really great. If you don't mind, mm. RT Storyland was an online competition where anyone could enter, like a, I think, like a ten-minute pilot with a, I think they call it like a Bible, which is like the next six episodes, what will happen. And so we did that, and then. 
we got down to the last 20. Then we entered another, another episode. Then we got down to the last 10. And when you get down to the last 10, you start getting paid for each episode. There was eight grand per episode. So then there was all 10 people that were, all people that were down to the last 10 got eight grand each. So we got eight grand to make an episode. So then we made an episode. But like we were like, here's 500 for you. Here's 500 for you. Here's 500 for you. The money's gone now. <laughs> so then some lads were like, why didn't I get any money? And we're like, well, sure. and then we started like trying to like fucking figure all that shit out. But the other people on, on RT Storyland were like, this is like paid back into production, you know, like, because obviously they want to buy better cameras, but we were just tight cunts. <laughs> <laughs> the pub with it like. <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. But like, there was no badness in us. Exactly. There's no badness sure. in the if whole thing. If it's working, why change it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then we, we were doing really well and we kept winning and we're like, fuck, this is brilliant. But we never wanted to be um, actors or anything like that. So then I think we we're down to the second last round. And then we, I think we might have made a fairly crap episode. So we were like, we came second and then we're like, oh, fuck, that was a good kick in the arse. We're like, right, the next episode has to be class. So then the final episode, I think it was the Mushroom Party. And then we were that like down. the final episode you submitted? To the RT Storeland, I think. I could be wrong on that one, but that, that's what it was. And then... And then we uh, we filmed that one like when we the beautiful thing about that right was we were down the golf course there in uh, Castletown and we were filming on the camera and like we were like actually they had magic mushrooms in the field at the time so we were like eating them or like picking them and they were like the, the guard that came over they're like what are you lads at we're like oh no we're recording for the RT store and they're like oh sound job but it, we still like pocketed loads of them <laughs> <laughs> end up taking a load of them and uh, if you actually for research purposes exactly yeah yeah get into character you know yeah. method acting that's the one yeah and then we we ended up like shooting the rest of the scene then in the cottage but then when the camera stopped filming the crack started flowing by <laughs> we got a lot small bit noy. but like how like so Martin was the main driving force behind you no the Martin and the Viper Okay, they were, he was the, mar- the main push behind mm-hmm. you was actually going for this. But beforehand, we were just just friends, chilling, yeah, having self- bouncing off of each other. Like. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Martin and... Well, not in that way. Like. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Mar- Martin and the, the Viper, they went to Ballyfermot. And they were like studying media, some media course there. And then Martin moved to Galway. And he was staying in a house with myself and French Toast. And then the booze to come over. So then we'd all be like, just in the living room, just like smoking Sorry. joints. Where did these nicknames originate? Like, uh, is well, this all uh, it's, from childhood it's, or? Eddie Durkin came from a prank. We were doing a prank called Before in, in Galway. I think it's like, I think it was like the year of fucking nine eleven. What was that year again? <laughs> Two thousand one. Yeah, it was the one. Yeah. Yeah, I, like we were doing a prank that Christmas. We were like in a in our friend's house, and we call up some lad, and he was like, "Who the fuck is this?" We like some some cheeky lad from school. We call him up. And uh, I just went, Eddie Durkin. And then that's where the name came from. So then we did another one the day after. And the lad goes, who the fuck is keep calling me? Buzz McDonald. And then that's where the two names came from. And then French Toast was over in India. <laughs> and then uh, someone goes, some girl goes to him, what, what's your name? Because he kept eating French Toast at the time. She goes, whoa, you keep eating French Toast, what's your name? And he goes, my name is French Toast, that's why I keep eating it. And then, I don't know, he ended up fucking going out with her for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where that story was going I, to I didn't know either <laughs> and then the boo is a funny one because um, we used to call him um, oh his name is Tommy Kilgallen so like we were walking down the street one day in Swinford and this like um, this uh, traveller said to, to 
one of um, somebody in the town is your name Tommy Poo so then everyone thought it was about Tommy Kilgallen Tommy Boo so they started calling him Tommy Poo but then Eddie Durkin <laughs> changed his name to back to Tommy Bugenhagen from the movie you know Aaron Schwarzenegger Bugenhagen is that yeah, like yeah, some yeah. movie yeah that's where he got name, his name from <laughs> okay, that's, that's a fucking random enough uh, excuse what what, what like that that's just completely throwing me the whole fucking Eddie Durkin and Boo. So that was just was it? Who do you remember who said was it you that said it? I said Eddie Durkin. You said Eddie Durkin, which is the funny thing. And he said Buzz McDonald. It was meant to be. So like, yeah. But at that time, oh, at that time, myself and Martin, we were living in Galway at the time, and we were having fucking serious crack. Like we used to go down to Soup Valley. We were so we were skint, you know. Not that we're fucking minting now, but we were skint. And uh, I used to work in lifestyle sports, and I I had hot rocks all over me, fucking uniform. Like holes in me, hot, like in me from the hash. Yeah. Because you know the hot rocks land on yeah. your top, yeah. and even the boss, like you better go home. You, you're fucking wearing. You look like a mechanic. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in the back room doing the doing the, like putting shoes into boxes, but my all my top was all like full of holes. It's a different type of lifestyle, isn't it? Big time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lifestyle shite should have been. <laughs> and he working there at the time. wasn't Mark Maloney. He wasn't working, so we should go down to Soup Value, and we just. I know this is not a great thing to be proud of, but we'd sometimes we'd squeeze the food, <laughs> just like squeeze it like a Swiss roll, put our finger through it. So then, oh, like when you? someone got home, they'd have a thumb mark in it. <laughs> and, like it was a really convoluted joke that we do. And um, can I just ask your age at this point? Twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, I, I, we were like maybe eighteen, nineteen. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's so, more yeah, we were just fresh off the grill, you know. <laughs> and we 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 do apologise for anything that bought shopping in Soup Value of the year two thousand and six, two thousand and eight. Two years, <laughs> two years, <laughs> two years. We had big thumbs, man. Um, yeah, two years, long time to be to be fingering food. But we all learn our lesson, and we'd never do that again. We <laughs> <laughs> he's ever caught. No, it's just like you can't get done for fingering food. I don't think you can. Uh. <laughs> no, it, it was more so like you'd, you'd get the food like that. You'd be like, oh, what is this? Oh, no way. Is it? And you just put your finger to it. And it was just like, only to make, make sure they laugh, you know. And again, there was like no badness in us. We do like Timis and leave. We were pure <laughs> bored. We were very bored. Because <laughs> like back in those days in Galway, like we were like getting into our 20s. Finger and food. Finger and food, you know, like, just what else do you do? Like, you're just like, you get steamed, you go to work and you try to, try to figure out who the hell you are. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you need to find that at the bottom of a Swiss roll. Mm. <laughs> Did you find something at the bottom of a Swiss roll? I found a little, like, ring. <laughs> really? It was called a passion ring. <laughs> and that's a ring where you wear it to, to show passion to another person. So I bought one of those for myself and Mark Maloney. So oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You're missing out. You've never done that before, no? I've never done that. Long. You never dropped that in the Swiss roll. Not yet. <laughs> I'm more of a York, Yorkshire pudding man myself, like to be honest. Oh no way! It has the consistency of it. It's beautiful. Mm. It's okay, American pie. And from these from these uh, smoke sessions, did you mm-hmm. ever did, you, did any inspiration come? Any 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 jokes that were then carried on? There was loads of, loads of jokes. Like myself and myself and the boo were like we we're probably like we still are probably best friends, but we used to always hang out back in the day from. Secondary school. But for some reason, like, I went to, like, a small national school. And I went into, like, the big secondary school, which is Swinford. And then when I, I met, like, the Boo and I met French Toast and different people and Salmon. Salmon? Well, actually, no, sorry. I knew Salmon from national school. But then I never met Martin. But then when I met the Boo, I was like, this guy's fucking, he's such good fun, you know. And um, I was just, like, a wild character already, you know. Even though I didn't know he was wild at the time. Uh, maybe I was probably wild in my own kind of way, but he was just funny the way he'd go on, you know? He just clicked. 
just clicked, yeah, yeah, and like the, our wildness sort of sort of caught on to each other. So this is when you all start what meeting up for the first time. You all start becoming friends. Almost like not not even meeting up the first time, but but getting to know each other. And then like I played football with French toast probably around the same time for uh, Swinford Swinford United, I think they were called uh, Swinford Rovers, uh, Swinford United. <laughs> not because no, there's a couple of teams around. Claim to claim. Swinford. So you all met her in school. Yeah. And when was it? When did Martin come to you, or when did Viper come to you, and was just like, I think we should start. That's when we moved to Galway. That's okay. So we moved to go myself and um, the Boo moved to Galway because we we kind of got bored of um, finger and food, finger and food, and, and Swinford, and like you know we kind of got we wanted like to experience something different. So. At that time, even though it seems so childish now, but going from Swinford to Galway was like, you're going moving to the fucking city, yeah, city, yeah. Fuck me, you're a big shot. And I was like, yeah, fucking am, man. I'm going to get myself a shirt and kiss a bear. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought myself three shirts. Yeah, yeah, kiss a bear, yeah. And then we got to Galway and we're like, I remember going to Galway first and I was saying hello to everybody. I was like, how are we getting on? I was going, how are you doing? And they're like, what the fuck is this lad saying hello to me for? I thought that was the, the way it was. That's how daft we were, or I was anyway. Saying hello to lads and then we moved in with seven town moved in with different people around Galway and then we just like we went just like worked in jobs super value and lifestyle sports Eason's and Smith Toy Store all the different places that we worked in yeah and construction you know the NUIG yeah, yeah. Seven Town built that <laughs> from scratch. Never. Well, actually, no, no. Well, look, two of us, yeah, from <laughs> scratch. Moving to Galway, you sound like like a fucking innocent tulip there. Saying, we were, "Oh yeah." Stuff. Were you not a little bastard or a little messer in school? What were you like in school? Oh, in school, in school, like I was. The thing is, we were always messers. We're always really nasty. Not, I was going to say nasty messers. That's a bit naughty. <laughs> a bit naughty. We're always like messers, but at the same time, in school, we were there was never badness in us. We would mess to the point where, like, would you say you were Egypts? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, but at the same time, we're always like trying to. I wouldn't say like if like the teacher was getting too much slagging, we'd put it on somebody else. You know, we'd never pick and stop. You just, you just. No, like we'd like we'd never pick on the one person all the time, or like we'd never slag. If I I could be getting slagged for like months, but like it was never. I never cried though. Well, not months. (laughs) (laughs) I never cried in school. (laughs) Clarification. (laughs) On the way home, yes. (laughs) But and then. But was your was your quickness developed from like from that? For were you slagging each other as well? Like, like you're very, very, very <clears> quick. Did you always have that, or was that developed through just? Well, um, I think we're all different for that reason. But for myself, I'd say when I went to secondary school, I came from a school of like sixteen people, and I was like, right. When you ever go, when you go to secondary school, there's only probably a few ways you can deal with the place. If you're a guy, like a boy, so you either got to like have to fight or be cheeky to lads or be witty or something like that. I don't know. So I was like, I don't really like fighting, so I'm going to be trying to be witty. Um, so then I was like, that's kind of where I tried to be witty all the time. And that's helped me out quite a lot, you know. Has it ever stuck you in it? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I feel like if you're cheeky to like a nightclub or something like that, or if the, if the person, person like from a different town didn't understand you, you know, that would end up in a fight because there'd be, there'd be too little time to understand the cheekiness, you know. Yeah. They might be like, that cunt's fucking cheeky the whole time. But I might be like, it's only fucking trying to fucking open the barriers to the crack, mate. God, thank you. know? <laughs> well, then, well, so, uh, how do I transition from that then? Well, like, in the sense of like, right, well then, say, that's a, that's a school setting, mm. right? That's a, uh, you kind of have to be a certain way. Mm. Me and Nathan were, were looking through some footage and we're doing some research here the week. Oh, yeah. Doing a little bit of background, you know? And what we noticed is, is, 
is you never really gave a shit about conformity or social social mm-hmm. settings. So we've seen you in a couple of interviews where you've just absolutely said the most absurd, amazing things yeah, yeah. on daytime TV, mm-hmm. trying to promote something that you yeah. want the crowd to watch. Yeah, yeah. What? <clears throat> how do you enter them social interview settings? Like, do you prep in any way, or do you just go for it and say? What I know it's uh, what you're saying there. Like, it, it sounds like that lad there fucking with Santin, but it's it's half. It's kind of like kind of going. It's almost like because I'm scared myself. So sometimes I might be like, you know what? If I uh, if I say something outlandish, at least then it'll seem almost like not planned. You know? Yeah. So like. Because, like, even though I might have a plan or whatever, like, because if, if it's on, on, like, national television or TV3 or something like that, you know, even national television or TV3, <laughs> they're both... <laughs> no, 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 they're, they're both the same thing. But, you know, sometimes you be on there, like, and you'd be like, fucking hell, people are going to see this shit. And then you might be worried about, like, how you're standing or how you're sitting or how your pants are. It's like, crazy. You, when, I'm, when I was chatting to you there, you, were, you, you come across like you just don't give a shit. Really? What any, no, not about what anyone thinks. But then, like, when mm-hmm. it's something that you're you're passionate about, like your projects, mm. you really do care. Oh, about, big time! Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose you have to care, don't you? Really? Well, I care about everything. I, 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 I think the the character that I I became or whatever portrayed is like not caring. But I genuinely do. Like, if I don't mind, I don't care about messing. Mm. I don't care about taking the piss. But it, mm. if someone is fucking feeling sad or feeling like something like that, I want to be nice to them. And I'd never be. I never mean mean to someone that that's vulnerable. Never like, and like I always like take piss out of people that are kind of. I can take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like, I would never. Yeah, I'd, I'd like. I'm a, I'm a piss taker, but never to somebody that like doesn't deserve it. You know. Yeah. So you're not a bully. You're not. You're not, not a bully man. That character. Not a fucking bully man. All right. Well, that, well that, no, but it, but I do mean that though. Like, I mean, you got to be nice. You can't be nasty for the sake of being nasty. You know. Mm. That's when it sort of loses its value a bit. If you're you lose the cheek, oh for sure, yeah, to yeah. being a dick, like it's very easy to transcend that. It very it's much easy is, to yeah, yeah. A scapegoat and just absolutely lash out at them because a scapegoat's never going to turn around and say something back to you at the same time. Of course, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Or like at any gig, like if I'm like taking the piss out of somebody, and I'm like, oh, they don't fucking like that crack. Even if it gets me more jokes, or I'll be like, I'll turn away to something else. But no, it never, never mm-hmm. like fucking, never be mean to people anyway, mm-hmm. you know. I'm but a good person. To make is, uh, I'm a good person. I am a good person. We'll cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> the point I was trying to make is at one point you uh, this this lady asked you a question about where the start came Who from. Who's this lady? Who I is that? Oh, look, we can't, we can't do that, okay, man. We can't do that. Okay. Because it was Veronica. No, <laughs> 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 yeah, so you remember, I'm sure you remember the interview. At some point, you she asked you about your start or, or where you transitioned from. And you mm. goes, oh, you mean from Red Tube to YouTube? Oh, okay, and right. This is on Daytime Tally. Oh, can, Christ, no yeah. way. <laughs> Oh, this is already books. This is on TV. This is on some sort of on national uh, yeah. radio yeah, broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. To get no. That was your reaction. You looked straight into the camera. And me and Nate were sitting there and we just absolutely no convulsions that, laughing. That makes me feel good because you laughed at that because I actually don't remember that. But if I said at the time, I'd be like, then straight away I would have probably like felt guilty and be like, oh, my parents are going to see this. Fuck. Then they'd really? be like, my parents are going to check out Red Tube on the tablet at home. And I'd be like, <laughs> don't go right. to history, mom. That's the fucking whole world of pain. Yeah, because we actually went what? up to Red Tube after and searched Buzz McDonald and... Yeah, yeah. We leave a link in hey. the description. <laughs> Half an hour job. <laughs> and there's the clip. <laughs> but uh, but um, what was I trying to say? Well, yeah. the thing is, like, we all watch um, porn. 
Did we? What? What point? Us? Yeah. What yeah. point? Uh, I mean, I haven't watched. It. You ever like heard this uh, movement? No fap. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of it? No. <laughs> Never heard of it. No. No fap. It's no just fap. like this thing. It's sitting on Reddit, and it's like, <laughs> Dude, don't. I know oh, he's got to put the elbow. To the the crack. But it's like no wank. Like trying to cut down like on your wanks. Really? Oh, wanks yeah, are destroying men. Says who? I swear to God. Well, okay. Where did you come from? Exactly. Vagina. Sperm. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, Sperm. if you're wanking that shit away, it's like you're getting rid of like life, you know? And I know it's like not fully developed life or whatever like that, but men are fucking so fucked over because of porn. And yeah. we're so like docile that we don't even know what's going on when we go to bar. We're like, is that fucking pornographic or is that like, you know, and we all kind of get kind of weird around it now. So I think um, before I was trying to go off the whole stuff and I was like, is this like a normal thing? And then you go on to Reddit, it's like no fap. And like, even though "fap" sounds like a shit word, but it's like trying to stay off the, trying to stay away from yourself, basically. And when you think about it, like wanking is the weirdest thing ever. You're like in a room, you light the candles, careless whisper, careless whispers. Barry White in the corner. <laughs> you're wearing a pink shirt, and you're like, "Fuck me, I'm stuck tonight." But we've all been there. <laughs> I felt like I was there with you at the moment. Speaking of which, I better head off, lads. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, though. Like it's it's a scourge, and like we need to fucking cut it out because it sexualizes women, and also it's it's not good for the man's mind either. Okay, so earlier on we were talking, you, you cut out smoking a month ago. Mm. Are you part of the No Fat Brigade? No, you're the president. I would never be on top of that wagon. I'm <laughs> part of my own. For a long time, right? For a long time, I was always like, we need to fix the world. Let's all fix it together. And I could be completely wrong. By the way, can I just tell the pe- podcast listeners that I'm half teamed? <laughs> so whatever I'm saying could be complete bollocks. Ah. I sure fuck it. That's what our show is for. And yet two <laughs> days later, he was in jail. <laughs> <laughs> he was stoned on the street. <laughs> <laughs> he got done for shy talk. Well, considering no, the but first what was the last thing we were saying there? What was the last thing? Some no fap nonsense to be complete. Oh yeah, <laughs> but my girlfriend said to me, she was like, "Don't like," because I was always when I get steamed or stoned, I'm like, "We need to fucking fix this fucking world, full of fucking shite cunts and all this kind of stuff." And she was like, "Just as long as you look after yourself and try to be a nice person to people every day, that'll help the world. And if everyone, every single person in the world did that, there'd be no need for a revolution." And I was like. You fucking caught me out there, you bollocks. <laughs> it, t- it takes a woman's the- advice or a woman's intubu- intuition to make you see clearly. Well, yeah. I mean, like women can see very clearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, I mean, like, bloke. that's not even sexist towards men, but women are so... No. Like, well, then I have a straight down the line. Man, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of post-cum clarity? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, no, when you have a wank and then you have that absolute... You're in Babylon of clarity. You can see right. You can think Babylon pump. You make good decisions. Yeah. And you're cutting that out. Mm. Completely. It's time you're drinking water there. Um, <laughs> for those of you that can't change. see it. <laughs> <laughs> for change. Like, like, my body's like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> my stomach's like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Like, what, what did you call that stuff? post cum clarity. Nah. You've never had that. It Isn't it like when you're in bed lying down with... The well, man I have a or big woman? Decision to make. Like, I'll, I'll probably knock one out and then no. I'll make that decision. Really? Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll at what point throughout the load you turn like off the Barry White and then I'll talk to myself and see what I can. But like, at what point throughout the square do you make the decision? Oh, yeah, I'll definitely pay them. And you put on the pocket. <laughs> 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 then you flush the toilet. 
<laughs> that was just before this. <laughs> uh, no, I just wanted to mention post-com clarity. Like, I completely agree with you. I think it's I think it's too short term the the clarity that you get you're like because I know what you mean it's like there's a second or two there you're like oh my god this all makes sense and then it's gone yeah but if you if you can if you hold in the the energy the chi oh people are always like I've got a few friends are like what are you talking about man that's fucking just have yourself a fucking wank and relax okay give it a go come back to me and I've had three or four friends that have come back to me and they're like man I'm after fucking swimming to America. <laughs> so for a split second I was like yeah no yeah, no but up, up to that point though I'm serious the, 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 no, this, the, is this friend no, toast again no because the American it's stuff <laughs> give it a go lads give it three weeks swimming to America yeah <laughs> G- give it three weeks and if it's if it's no good I apologise but if it's great give me a text and say thank you three weeks I'll shake your hand. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Right, but you know, but I know what. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I guarantee you won't do it. <laughs> we can do. We can. I'm sitting on the chair right now, man. I don't think I can not come for three weeks. No fap or no sex. No is, fap. Is that actually inter- interesting? Interestingly, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even talk, lad. Sorry. I'm just touching my nipples. Now. <laughs> it's you, you release different hormones when you have sex with a woman or a man, as opposed to masturbating. It's true. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. I've read into this because I used to have nine a day. <laughs> I could tell you a nutty story about America. I could tell you something that would even tell. blow my own beans. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard it ten times, man. So you can, you can guess how many pair of jocks I've gone through. <laughs> oh, oh. I have a follow-up question for that. Oh, God. <laughs> right, so hold on. Just clarify. For the people listening, right, they may want to follow the own Colgan way of life. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we understand you're, you're a health enthusiast. Yes. <laughs> given oh, the yeah. amount of vitamins you consume on a daily basis oh, yeah, yeah. for your pints. It's all so you're nature. allowed clarify. <laughs> it's good iron. It's all good natural iron. horse. <laughs> clarify this for the people. So you're, so you're allowed you're, you're allowed calm through, through coitus. Through sex. Oh, beautiful. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's gone now. That was only opening the pint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before he tackles this, uh, this question. Go on. Say again, sorry. So, so you're allowed to have sex, you're allowed to come that way, but you're not a fap. I'm not letting you off the hook with this. Uh, well, again, like, you said you're allowed. You can do whatever you want. If you want to go outside today and kill somebody, you can. But I mean, it's up to yourself, whatever you do. But. Do I have to go outside the room? You can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> no, but I swear to God, I mean, we're uh, humans, we're so distracted by everything, aren't we? Like, we're just like always wanting stimulants and we're never happy with day-to-day life. But there's this book, there's this book that I got there recently and I don't read oh, fuck all books. The Book books. of Jabs, isn't it? It's called The Book of Jabs. <laughs> it's, just so, it's, it's just myself and Pomegranate <laughs> jabbing each other in the book of jaw going, ooh, ah, Pomegranate. I said, ooh, ah, Pomegranate. <laughs> And the two of us are going to join Jerry Adams' crew, which is called GLS. It's a gang from England. If you don't believe me, check it out. Oh, stop that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not like a guard. <laughs> it's not like you're going to fucking do me for it's like GBH. That's my, uh, that's my show host fucking voice. <laughs> <laughs> you're too <laughs> 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 Did you take the hash? Did you? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Prison. <laughs> for life. <laughs> We're still on to you about the shrooms you took that time like, in this field. They were my that choice. was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> I'm in character. Right. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> another reliable source that we went to. Very reliable. Confirmed mm. that SPG and C. Yeah. McG yeah. himself yeah. follows yeah. a philosophy called yeah. the art of the jabs. Yes. That's what their entire uh, foundation of their fighting style is based on. Could... Could you tell us about this philosophy? The Art of the Jab was a book that I brought out directly after John Kavanagh brought out his book called um, Win or Learn. Win or Learn, yeah. I brought out one, Lose or Get Lost. <laughs> okay. And that was a book that sold three copies. Um, <clears throat> I bought two of them myself. And uh, I think my mother bought the other one. Or the other one got thrown in the bin because, I don't know, a rat pissed on it. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then and basically what happened was um, I brought out a book called The Art of the Jab, yeah, and it was a great book, and I brought it out in digital, which is the internet. And, you know, Bill Gates? Oh, you've heard of him? Yeah, yeah, he's like... Uh, friend of yours? Well, he... Loosely. He seeks to you. Loosely, yeah. Emails got sent his way, replies got blocked. <laughs> As you consult for him, I see, Con- I see. Yeah, exactly, I consult for his uh, sort of... Basically, I send him like emails going, do you want to answer me? Bill Gates, okay, don't answer me. Okay, if you don't answer me, then you go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, keep going the way you're going, you're going to get out on the face, Bill Gates. Yeah, you might be fucking Jewish, you might have all that money, but listen, relax. I know about the Illuminati, I've watched documentaries on the internet. Okay? And then the wool over my eyes. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And the house got close to being burnt down, um, which I would never do normally, but <clears throat> some lads need to be taught. <laughs> no, but basically what happened there was, uh, what, was there? what was the question? <laughs> Uh, uh, SPG and C. McG's philosophy of fighting is based off your book Art of the Jab yes yes I would say definitely yes Art of the Jab which is like basically this is the truth the jab is the most important weapon the man can ever have after his tongue <laughs> did you say tongue or tongue tongue well finger and finger the tongue is the tongue I, I have to ask why is a tongue so so powerful go to Spain tomorrow <laughs> okay Excuse me, do you have any food? You're talking with your tongue. Talk, try to talk without your tongue. I sound too much like you. I don't really want You're to. You're using your tongue now. No, go. Tell like I'm from Mayo. You <laughs> can't talk. Ah, I understand. So it's not powerful in that sense. It's not it's powerful. powerful. So, no, but like, you'll never be stuck for a room if you've got a tongue in your head. That's what your mother used to say to me. Before she fucking left, she'll go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, 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 that was that. That was the, the lesson I've learned in life, anyway. We came across on your Instagram a very, a very funny clip of yourself on the drink with Mr. John Kavanagh. Mm-hmm. And if you were to turn this into a segment, or if you were just, you could have the power to have a point with anyone, who would it be outside <clears throat> of this room? And why? Um, it depends on what what pint of the journey that it was because if it was like the sixth pint with Beyonce yeah <laughs> you think it would take six? Oh well I mean I mean like the, the crack would take six pints you know just to get it going like yeah how's Jay-Z blah blah you know we're <laughs> slange six pints later but like you're fucking some singer man <laughs> <laughs> and like just like the, you know what I mean break the crack down yeah. the first five pints you'd be like it'd be awkward you know like where's the rest of the girls Where's Kelly Rowland? Is she busy? Why didn't I get a look in? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about the other one? Kelly Rowland, Beyonce. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Where, where, where's she gone? 
Is she flat out? Is she busy? She bound down. <laughs> give her a text. Give her a text. Take out the phone. The other one. She called the other one from Destiny Child on the phone. And uh, <laughs> so basically in saying that... Um, say if we were to narrow it down and just say the one point is all it would take and the crack would be there, who mm. would be your go-to? I would say feckin... Donald Trump. Really? That'd yeah. be an interesting conversation. Not, not in a positive way. You can put that on the tape if you want. Just to see what's, what's on his mind. Like, what, like, what are you at there? Like, what are you doing that for? Like, to see how much of it is actually him. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How much are you in character? Yeah. And why is that? Are you, are you, are you big into politics? Are you big into the current Well, you know what? I'm not really big into politics. But at the same time, as someone from the Greek mythology once said, you might not have an interest in politics, but this got an interest in you. Is that on the camera? Is that on the camera, is it? That is, not and everything I just Stop. say is like, is that on camera? <laughs> <laughs> all, all the smart shit that I've said, which is probably like 12 seconds. But, no, but the thing is, like, you can't, can't get away from politics because like, if you're paying for fucking rent or accommodation or you're paying for infrastructure of a city, you're paying taxes. Like that's, there's no way to get away from, there's no way to get away from um, politics because that's what the politics is, you know, looking after the people, you know, and well, looking after or the people. fisting the people. Fisting, well, exactly, that's what they do, you know, but at the same time, we all have these like every human is corrupt in their own way you know we're always like trying to rob or trying to f- trying to get our cheapest version of whatever we can do you know so politicians are definitely dodgy but we all are in our own way regardless of whatever happens it's like the abortion referendum and everything else it's like we're always getting divided and that's that's what the government that's what the higher powers want because if the more you're divided the more you're like I can put you in that box and you in that box but People are so caught up in their own opinions and they're all like, I voted for this, what you vote for? I voted the opposite. Okay, we can't be friends, but like, why can't we be friends, you know, even if, we're div- if we believe different shit, you know what I mean? So um, I just think like that, we're, it's good to be different, it's good to be opinionated, it's good to understand what you believe in, but never be afraid to change it as, as you go. Like, I'm, I'm agnostic, I don't really believe in any God at all. But at the same time, we're living in a pretty fucking crazy world, aren't we? Yeah. Like, it's fucking nuts. So, like, I can't be like, there's definitely no God up there. Maybe there is. And at the moment I'm living my life, I believe there's probably something going on up there. I'm not sure what. But we're all nuts and we're all, like, energies going together. So maybe we're working towards something, you know? So I, I'm agnostic, but some maybe, like, fucking next month I might be uh, religious and I might be spiritual and I might be atheist in a month later but that doesn't make me a person that can't believe in my opinions it just makes me someone that kind of tries to flow through the day you know because someone might teach you something every day that you'd be like oh yeah I never thought of that so if you're not open to that point of view then that means you're ignorant you know yeah. so we, we were chatting to John Connors and he was saying that he tried to be an atheist but a very serious time in his life <clears throat> something happened mm. that it, it was so huge that it couldn't have been just by chance that he was going through a really tough time yeah. when he needed someone when mm. he didn't realise he needed someone someone was there for him mm. so he now believes yeah, yeah. but would you have you ever experienced something because you've said you've, you've gone in and out of mm-hmm. believing or not or believing what you believe yeah, yeah. have you ever had an experience that has made you kind of like Jesus I, I actually wonder if there could be actually something do you know what I mean has, um, it could have been anything by chance anything well, I suppose like when I was growing up, I was I was I was fucking super religious, and I was always like I was like anytime I go to Pasha Shrine, I'd be like this going, and I would pray till I fell asleep. I'd be like this going in bed. My parents got me like a small Bible like that size, and I'd be like reading through going, and then I'd fall asleep, and they'd be like the Bible would be on the. I like it sounds crazy, but that's the way it was when I was younger. And then my my sisters were like, "You're going to become a priest," and then at that when they said that, I'd be like. 
I don't want to become a priest. <laughs> and I, was just, I, I went the opposite way. But um, I would say, like, I mean, then the, then it went to a point when I was like, I was, I was reading some part of the Bible and I was like, these lads are living till 138. Abraham and all the boys I'm like they're living crazy ages and I'm like <laughs> surely like how can people are living this long and I'm like that must be bullshit and then I read like when I go to mass I'm like these stories don't really make sense and then I was like maybe I must be um, atheist and then I was like what does atheist mean and uh, believe in nothing which I think is kind of ignorant too because how can you know for a definite I mean like we're like whatever regardless of whatever you believe in the big bang is like if you believe in all that kind of stuff and then but what happened before then or what what's happening in other planets and all the other stuff that we don't know fuck all about, you know? So I think if you say, I know what's happening, there's definitely no God up there. That sounds to me small but ignorant, you know, mm-hmm. to believe or arrogant to believe all that stuff. So it's good to keep a mind open. And it's it's quite scary to think of if you are that close minded that there's nothing else outside of yeah, here. Yeah. Like there's no of other course, life anywhere else in the Why galaxy. Be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How terrifying is that that we're alone here yeah. as well? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. But like the two options is we're either alone, which is nuts, or else we're not alone, which is fucking nuts too. It's crazy. That means like the other the other life forms out there somewhere. Mm. Why wouldn't there be? You know, mm-hmm. why wouldn't sure, there be? Sure, I went to Brian Cox a couple of months ago in the Three Arena, and he Good was friend of mine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was saying that there is a high chance that somewhere in the galaxy mm-hmm. there's a parallel world which is very similar <coughs> to ours. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where there's people that are very yeah, similar yeah. to us. Mm-hmm. On that world, it's like you'd have if you if you didn't like, not, like not like in the same form as it, but like yeah, some, but some like different sort of where it could be energies, of course, course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and if you didn't go, if I didn't go stoned, I think I w- it would have exploded. That, my would, mind. that, that would have been a dream going stone there. Oh my god, oh, I love and there's that. a big six foot eight fella sitting in front of me, lanky oh, yeah, bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 when you, when you, <laughs> did he have like an afro as well? Did he? he probably, yeah, he did, mm-hmm. and he wore a cowboy hat. Everything I know is just looking at him like. But bring it back, right? Uh, Your background as a comic, right? Yeah. That means that you kind of have to look at people, look at situations, and look at the world and understand it from different perspectives. Sorry, I got the hiccup. Yeah. You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So that that gives you a different perspective on the Mm. world. You have to understand and be empathetic, compassionate, and make a joke out of it, right? Mm. In saying that, what place do you think comedy holds in the world today? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a very deep question. Jeez, that's a very deep question. You're talking about parallel universes here, lads. <laughs> I know, yeah. That's I'm true. just focusing on that. You're all heebie-jeebies, I think comedy holds a very important part of the world because life is either very sad or very serious because people are dying all the time. You're like, where are they gone? They're dead now. I can't, like, touch, I can't, like, touch that person or talk to that person anymore, like if it's your mother or father or whoever it is. So I think comedy is, like, a good relief from the seriousness of life, you know? Do you feel like as important comedy is in the world and life in general because of how serious everything is, do you think that the world is getting more serious, that comedy is being restricted? Because, you know, there's things you can't say now. Mm. You can't joke about anything anymore. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Do you think that's having a negative effect on comedy? Um, I just think that the world is so intense and it's going. It, it's not going one way. People, people always think that the world is going kind of one way. People are like, oh, people are getting more PC. But then the other way, they're getting more fucking open. You know, like... Mm. Crit, like you, you, even though you can watch porn or whatever, it's like it used to be like boring, kind of like regular shit. Now it's going the other way, so life is kind of going every direction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, you get caught up in one or two ways the way life's going, but I think just to try to accept everybody else in life, and as long as you're not putting pain on somebody else, then you're doing all right, you know. 
but that's the hard thing to find out. Like, are you putting, are you hurting somebody else? You know, mm-hmm. whether it comes to littering or whatever it is, you know. Or, well, or, the fact that you can even have this conversation right now and this will be aired, and whoever wants to listen to it can listen to it, is a great testament of what you just said. Mm. Because even though some parts of it are getting more PC, some parts of it are getting more liberal, some part, parts of it are getting more open mm-hmm. at the same time. So, do you, do you think that <coughs> the way that the world's mindset is do you think that comedy actually holds a more relevant place than it did maybe 20 30 years ago um i'd say it's it i don't i don't know i don't actually know but i'd say it's for me everything is always the same if that's i know this sounds very daft but everything has this point in time if that makes sense and then like uh the series stuff is always like important but the comedy is always like there to take the edge off it and then if stuff gets too kind of silly, then the seriousness comes back to sort of put a bit of a straight line throughout it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, it absolutely does. Like both go hand in hand. Yeah. Yep. You, you can't have anything in life. Everything in life is connected. Everything. Every single thing, you know? Everything. <laughs> 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 we actually, we had a, a, a comic in here before, Joe Neal. Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Neal, he runs the Little Shadow Theatre Company, but the point he was yeah. making is that Comedy is everywhere around us in life. If mm. you take yourself For too sure. seriously, you'll almost crash at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah, yeah. His his idea was that a lot of things stem from comedy. And uh, like, have you how much of your character building and person that we're sitting in front of now mm-hmm. has been developed through comedy, through Hardy books, through dating in the eighties, through all these little skits and sideshows that you do? Um, again, I kind of goes. I think it goes back to. Even though Hardy Books is great and all the sketches that I do now is is because of comedy, but I think, unbeknownst to myself, I probably started making jokes as a very young child, kind of thinking, this is a good weapon of choice, because, and this might sound awful daft, and this could be stupid, like, but we have fundamental things to fill in in life, and that is to um, feed ourselves, like, have sex, and then maybe, like, you know, have a roof over our heads. So probably like my way of sort of getting through either getting sex you would say for example was trying to make jokes to girls like just try to be witty because the girl like women sometimes like witty jokes you know like and they like if you're kind of charismatic and you're cheeky and all this kind of stuff so that kind of got probably got me through that thing it probably got me a few girls throughout the time and then I suppose gave you a career yeah exactly yeah yeah which is like a financial thing too which is pays for my rent or whatever like that so I don't know, probably I started using comedy as a way to uh, get through life, you know? That's what I was just, just about like to say. It's like a way to get through mm-hmm. life, you know? Yeah. yeah. life is a big shit show. Mm. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. your vehicle of expression, it's your vehicle of... Yeah, of exactly, yeah, yeah. And your, expe- your current girlfriend, yeah. do you, hmm? your current girlfriend, do you make her laugh or is she just constantly sedated? I make her cry. I don't love you, I don't love you. No, 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 we have a great time the whole time. We have a great, we're like, we have, like, she is so funny as well, like, she's... Very, very, very funny. Has she ever influenced anything that you've gone with? Oh, big time. Really? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. She's very good. Like, she's always like, I'm a bit like writing a joke and I'm like, is this funny? She's like, that's only half finished. Like, just finish the fucking thing. Because I've got ADHD. I think I have somewhere there. I don't know if that's like a real thing or not, but I feel like I have ADHD. So even when I'm reading a story or like looking to an article or whatever, I'm like, halfway through, I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll go somewhere else. Or writing a story, doing a job. She's like, just fucking finish it, will ya? And that's a good lesson for me to learn, like, to finish something, you know, because it's all good and well to, like, start something, but finishing something is, is a... The hard part. It's, it's, it's psychologically good for the mind, you know? 
So you just naturally transitioned through this comedic journey. You didn't have any influences. You didn't read about how to properly structure a joke. Are you just writing? Oh, just like feel? natural. No, no, just natural. Like, and um, again, I read a few books throughout, like uh, throughout the comedy world, and then also my girlfriend. <laughs> Keep talking about now, my girlfriend. She's definitely real, lads. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she, <laughs> <laughs> she uh, gave me some books. A guy called Carlos Casaneda, who's like some Mexican guy that went over to, um, to some shamans in <laughs> in Mexico, right? And uh, he was like, "Just live the truth of life, and if you live the truth, the answers will always be there." And I'm like. That lad's talking shite. <laughs> but at the same time, it's so true. Like, it, like the comedy, as you were saying, like, about the comedy, like, if you're just following the pattern of life and following whatever makes you happy and not hurting anybody else, you'll find your own path. But we're so caught up in our own thoughts. We're like, and was that a good thing to say? Or like, was, like even this podcast, I'm like, I, I might have fucked up 10 minutes ago. But now we're having good fun again. So who cares? Do you know what I mean, lads? Yeah. Yeah. Two, you don't like me anymore. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. I yeah. just need. I just wanted that. I Usually, when you when something like that is said, you leave it for a second. And <clears> yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. It sets in. Then you squirt the load. That, oh, <laughs> ah, you you beat me to it. That's the clip. That's the clip. Pause. Go spit out the dick. <laughs> <laughs> way too far. Oh, way, way, way too far. Well, then, right. Well, then, you, yeah, your your girlfriend, right? If uh, I think it was Bill Hicks. I'm not too sure it was Bill Hicks. No, no, my girlfriend's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mary, Mary. <laughs> I think Bill Hicks was talking about like a fat and a joke like whether there's too mm. many words whether there's not enough words yes yeah, does yeah. your girlfriend screen your jokes before you no because I know I know I actually I've seen that before with Bill Hicks yeah yeah and, he, and he's a fucking obviously was a fucking legend but the way I see jokes is kind of like you, you if you're going if you lads like you're going out to the pub tonight you're like I might get rid of that word there when I said that joke to him you just it's just free and the thing about being free is like that it doesn't have to be perfect it could be bullshit like it, like we're all so scared of trying to like we're all so humans are so scared of trying to create like the perfect thing and oh if we fuck up there it could be bad but I've done loads of gigs that have been shit like and I I'm you know I want them to be as good as it can be I want them to be the best gigs in the world but if they're shit then that's the lesson you learned you're like okay that was kind of shit I need to learn this part of my show need to get better this stuff I need to be more alert but that's, that's like all lessons but that doesn't mean like you have to as long as you're trying all the time in the moment then like that's it you know what I mean like even this podcast I'm, I'm already feeling like maybe I was talking shit but I'll go home tonight now and be like you know what I tried my best there mm. and that gives me a great relief regardless of whatever happens to live with this podcast you know does that, does that make yeah, does, no, yeah, do you ever get like that yourselves yeah. no absolutely sense, yeah. yeah like I think when we when we first were starting this we were thinking about because I think a standard mindset with Irish people is <clears throat> pessimism mm-hmm. like if you say I'm going to yeah. do something that's out of left field that's not the norm go to college get a job die pay taxes that's for sort of sure thing. yeah yeah people are quick yeah, to be yeah. like oh of course. Here, what are you doing that because we're scared like you know to that's what I mean they're yeah. afraid of change they're afraid of something different mm. have you ever experienced that where people have been trying to shit on what you were saying because if, obviously if you were like I'm trying to go down the, the comedy route or I'm trying to do the Hardy book stuff people obviously have negative shit to say wouldn't they before oh for sure yeah like I mean even like when the Hardy books were doing well at the beginning of the YouTube days you might get people online kind of on Twitter I always found like Twitter was the was the worst one because like online like we might put up a video on YouTube that was the big thing at the time and I would never like read the comments but sometimes you might be like them lads are shit actors or your man there is going bald and I'd be like fuck he's not about me is he 
But then, like, when I get older, I'm like, I actually don't care at all. But, like, sometimes on Twitter, it might be, like, a bit rude or whatever like that. But then you get kind of, you get to a very powerful point in your life where, like, people might say shit and you're like, you know what? Actually, it means nothing to me. It means nothing to me. And then, you like, you kind of go from there, you know. And then, you like, you kind of, you stop giving them the power. And then that gives you all the power, you know. Mm. It's yeah. crazy because it's such a small switch, but it's something mm. that ninety-eight yeah, percent yeah. of people struggle with. And like mm. we, that's what we were struggling with before doing this. But we eventually just said, "Of course, yeah." Why, yeah, you, yeah, why, yeah. You, why are you allowing them to occupy so much space in your mind when you yeah. don't occupy a single, of course, yeah, yeah. millimeter in theirs? Yeah, yeah. You know, mm. of course. Like I mean, like, and even if this podcast is absolutely shite, it. But even, I know, like you're smiling. But even if it's shit, you're trying your best. That's that's the main thing. When you do something, and you try your best then always feel a sense of contentment towards yourself because you've tried your best, you know? Mm-hmm. That's all that matters, you know? It's better than regret. Exactly, 100%. Is there anything you regret? Um, you haven't done, you've done? Mm, Don't say this. No, I would say most of that I've ever done, I've never regretted because it's like, you know what, if you've done it in the moment, you're thinking, this is a good thing to do. So that's that's the thing to do. But I don't think I've regretted. Even if it's something that you've said no to? Mm. Well, that could be something actually, yeah. I don't think so, no, no, because even throughout the years when I myself and the Hardy Books were like trying to get more famous, there was a point there where like, Eddie Durkin, who like, you know, he's a, he's a very he's a very good like man in front of people. Very good man like in front of groups of people and all that kind of stuff. When we went to Sugar, Sugar Club once and he was like, come on, let's go there. And I was like, I don't really want to go because I don't really like to be around people unless, back in them days, I was kind of younger. Now I'm more confident, but back in them days, in them days, I was like, I have to be steamed. So I was like, I don't want to be there and they were, he was like, yeah, but these are celebrities that might uh, help you through the career and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, right. Because I was so confused. I was like, maybe they might help me. I might get a contact or somebody, like someone's number to get a job somewhere. And then I used to go there. Like, and Martin, in fairness, and like, he wasn't trying to be cocky, but he was like so confident to everybody. And I'd have to be fecking drinking to the point where when I was feeling confident enough, I'd be steamed. So I'd be like, we out waking, we. <laughs> and I couldn't talk to anyone that I'd see, you know. And then they'd be like, who's this fucking retard? <laughs> and I was just hanging around. And then, then I ended up already fucking off to copper or something like that, you know. And it's a standard uh, end to every night. Yeah, yeah. But Martin is a, he's a great character. And like that, that's also like a skill in itself, like to be able to like talk to groups of people without being too steamed, you know. Which is what I was... I can be good at times, but other times I can be shit, you know. Well... In terms of like live shows and improv, and then shooting for the Hardy Books, obviously shooting for the Hardy Books is not an audience. Like mm. you've done live stand up, have you? I have, yeah, yeah. And do you feel as as nervous or as anxiety driven when you go up on stage there? Well, or with the Hardy Books, it was like it was always like Eddie Durkin, and then I would like come in the side, kind of going, "Here's a little gag from the side." Like it'd be like a little sort of like under the radar. Mm-hmm. You know, like America going like bomb up some country in the fucking Middle East. <laughs> no one's going to know about it, but it's going to bomb up the gaff. Mine mustn't. Mine mine didn't have such negative connotations. You know what I mean? <laughs> because I believe that the world is one. But so did you use Buzz McDonald as like a vehicle to express yourself as opposed to actual you on Colgan? Um, at the time, I kind of was Buzz. You know, I I, I kind of still am, definitely to a big point. But at the time, I was kind of like. Like we might go, um, you, you mean like towards gigs or what? Life. I mean, I mean, when you were in a social setting, mm-hmm. where you buzz or where you own? I would be like probably, I'd probably like be own till about three points and then buzz till about twenty. Th- yeah, twenty. <laughs> then like I'd have like some buzz points and I'm like, okay, 
now I'm now I can feel good. Now I can have the crack. Then it'd be like, hey, where are you from? And then they'd leg it. <laughs> so you were more confident as Buzz as you were as own. I I be more com I'm more confident on my own if it's like one myself and like two or three of the people and then we have a conversation. But when it came to that point of of like the Hardy Books time where myself was like because myself and Martin like were kind of people like might see us around the town but like oh there's Eddie and Buzz and then like we ended up like being a pub with a load of lads and Martin was a great talker again like I wasn't that good of a talker I still am great to be honest but I know I can yeah. talk though yeah you can and um, then what happened was um, Martin got married to a woman and left me <laughs> <laughs> so are you naturally an introvert um, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I'm I'm an outro, extrovert. Sorry, extrovert. It's a made up word. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm an introvert. Depends. No, actually, you know what? I'm not. I like to be on my own for like a long time, but I also like to be with other people. Like, but one other person or two other people. Mm-hmm. But when it gets to maybe five or six more, I feel like the essence of the conversation goes somewhere else. You know. Okay. But so quality over con- quantity in that sense. Big damn. Because uh, we noticed, we, we, we watched a lot of your clips and a lot of your interviews, and there's certain moments in it where you're open and you're in yourself, mm. and there's certain moments and certain questions that you seem to really retract. Mm-hmm. Really, really retract. Like, like what question? Because that's a. We, we can't. I can't pinpoint Tell me the, the question. question. Yeah, tell me the question. I think it was questions directed about you personally mm-hmm. and your career and yeah. what you plan to do and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Send, you yeah. tend to retract mm-hmm. slightly. Mm-hmm. Do you mind touching on that slightly? Well, I'm first cousins with the the um, the dead long legs, and <laughs> those guys, when you approach your dead long legs, they retract inside themselves. They're like, "I'm just a daddy, I've got no legs." But when you see them in full flight, they're they're very sort of uh, they're very camp. <laughs> like I know that's fucked up, but that makes so much sense <laughs> at so many sense. levels. Like, I know, of course. So uh, that, that's, each that, one that's my father. So, <laughs> so each one of your legs is like an extension to you, like like improv, like live comedy. Yeah, exactly. Like, my, my left like my left top leg is life. My yeah. middle left leg <laughs> is my schlong. Truth. My hammer. <laughs> <laughs> my right leg is my schlong. Um, my right back leg is is like what I try to like when I'm playing football in a park. <laughs> spend loads on shoes. because you, you mentioned you mentioned ADHD, right? And your inability to stay on one individual task, yeah. right? If you're sitting at home, are you are you able just to relax, or is your mind constantly going? You constantly creating? I wouldn't say constantly creating, but definitely constantly going. And it's like I've got to be doing something. So even if um, even if it's just like washing dishes or fucking drawing some shite picture or something, I just have to be doing something. I'm trying to get better. I like. To be honest, like three or four years ago, I was like on the phone the whole time going, I might put up a picture and then be like, okay, look at the comments, okay, get on the comments, get all that kind of stuff and constantly be on like social media. But like I'm trying to like uh, get rid of the social media stuff, a small bit like in terms of being on it all the time. Mm-hmm. So like I might like, if I put up a picture, I might just be like, I'll just fucking do something. Even if it's only like making a cup of tea or, I don't know, folding me fucking clothes because I'm, you know, trying to keep the house tidy, you know, with the mm-hmm. girlfriend. Um, or making, I don't know, trying to learn something new, or maybe like even reading two pages of a book, whatever the feck it is, whatever hell it is, just something that's not on social media or not like looking at the likes that are coming in because 
sometimes like you put up a picture and it might get fuck all likes you know and it might get like you might be like fuck that's gonna only get 12 likes and I know a minute or two minutes you're like oh that's not good enough for you to be then you start getting paranoid and thinking to yourself fuck am I not funny anymore then you're like fuck my career I might have to get like a new job and you get so paranoid about your own existence you know you're like thinking it might it might like I might have to like I don't know get like a different job next week and I know that's that's a very insecure place to be and what's what's your antidote what's your remedy for that what do you do to, 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 to just like look at the phone and go okay what I did and it, it kind of goes back to the podcast what I did at that time was as well as I thought it's going to be I was trying to to be as funny as it could be at that moment you know and it's the same for anything anything in your life this is a good lesson that stuck with me all my life is no matter what you're doing if you're building a wall I saw your parents gaff even if it's a shit wall and the wall falls over as long as at the time you were trying to build a very good wall trying to do your best then that makes you a good person doesn't give a fuck your best. exactly and if that wall falls over and some if a breeze knocks the wall over then it doesn't matter in the world the wall just makes the wall is not important it's the attitude Wow. And do you remember what it was that helped you overcome that insecurity? Have you ever, it was have the you wall. Ever, it was the wall, was it? It was Trump the wall. But it, it was... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's intention though, isn't it? Like that's the, the it intent was a, to be good, the intent to do good, the intent yeah. to want to, to, I don't know, have a positive impact. Like you are saying with the world, like mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be the world, but you're building a wall for your parents. You're building mm. a wall that gave you life. Yeah, i say like, just like trying to, whatever I do, even if it's making a cup of tea... And lots of times I don't even do this. But if you're just trying to do anything, like make a cup of tea, just like try to do it with a bit of, try to do it as good as it for, for the person you're doing it for or whoever, you know. Do you forget the impact that you have? Because out of me and Nathan and I are part of multiple different group chats for mm-hmm. multiple different things. And at each one, we wanted to test what the reaction would be when we said mm-hmm. that own Colgan was coming on. And what the reaction that we received back was like, overwhelming phone calls and messages wow. and people being like ecstatic mm. like one of my, Thomas who is an all-around boxer like no wants to come here to fucking meet you he was like look man I'll fucking drive level. all the way like, no he, worries. but it's the it's the it's the influence that that you have over these people Seven Thomas are good friends <laughs> oh he's gonna love that he is that's gonna be his text message <laughs> <laughs> but do you sometimes get caught up in the, in the negative aspects of social media and forget the influence that you could have oh yeah or that uh, you do have um, every single time because uh, I think that I'm very happy the Hardy Books happened but then I'm thinking like okay now I'm doing social media I'm like okay I'm doing fairly well I got like loads of followers but then I'm like but I'm only like putting up like the last couple of weeks I'm like I'm only putting up shite of me kind of going how are you getting on I was going just hanging out there and on the bed and I'm like that's funny but maybe or funny enough but maybe people want something more maybe it's like not good enough maybe people are going to get bored of me and go after some new comedians so it's very uh, very fickle you know and you're always kind of scared about what people want but at the same time if you're always like doing it with a bit of heart mm-hmm. so there's a small bit of heart there you'll never be too stuck you know well, as, as daft as sound can I ask you like that seems you can ask away yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that seems not to be rude but that seems a bit simple or easy mm-hmm. just to record you doing what you do because people mm-hmm. love you regardless so they'll perceive that well yeah the likes of dates in the eighties yeah. crippled me in the eighties. Oh, oh, like God. multiple times, it does. It gets funnier every time you watch it. Like you notice little things. Mm-hmm. So that's sketch comedy. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you go through tra- phases of wanting to do sketch comedy <clears throat> and want to do just simple postings of yourself comedy talking? I go through phases of, like trying to. I was like, I'm going to become a writer. Then put up statuses that, like text status on Facebook, 
or then actually no then I'm Instagram I'm up stuff there then I must like I want to do like a series where people like might think like I think like people think I'm a daft cunt I'm going to do like do like a series documentary about flowers or something like that you know or fucking spiders you know and then I'm like okay maybe spiders a bit daft but it's quite interesting I just like go through all these different phases you know of maybe I'm letting people down you know that's what I think the whole time or like not letting people down that sounds very dark because you're like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, go on. Get the lad in ambulance. <laughs> no, but I just feel like I, I, I want to give them more than, than I'm giving them, you know? Do you that, give yourself enough credit? Nah, do you feel like you give yourself enough credit? Sometimes I do. Sometimes sometimes I'm like, I walk, I can, like, I might come back from America. I'm like, yeah, a big shot. But then I'm like, you know, but no, not really, no. Not enough. Not enough. Probably not, no. But like, everyone is the same, aren't they? Like yeah, you, yeah, to be fair, 989 percent of the people that are on yeah, the yeah. Irish cricket. Sometimes I get, yeah, I'd feel like confident. I'm like, okay, I've got the comedy down now. Like, I might be like on the laptop. I might be like, I might have like a beer there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make these jokes now and they'll be funny. Then I see like, and it, and it does well. I'm like, oh yeah, now I have it for like, but then like for two or three days, I'm like, oh, I have it. I can say anything, write it down. That's funny. I'm like showing it to my girlfriend. She'll be like, oh, that's definitely funny. But then it goes and I'm like, where's that gone? And then I write, might write a joke my girlfriend she'd be like I don't get that one what does it make and I'm like okay this makes sense I'm not funny anymore okay this is what I expected you're always expecting to become unfunny you know we, we actually we had a psychologist on who was speaking on ADHD mm. and he's speaking of momentum and ADHD mm-hmm. being one and what he was saying that if you build momentum on a certain thing with ADHD and if you take a slight break from it you you lose that connection to it and therefore lose connection to mm. yourself right, as okay. an extension. Yeah, yeah. So that seems to be like a very similar mm. condition that you're going through where if you build on jokes and jokes and jokes and then you take a few days off, mm-hmm. you forget why you love it and why you love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Your connection to it. Yeah. So then do the work, motherfucker. I'm working all the time, man. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Do you want to see my phone? I got some jokes on my phone. Oh, 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 oh exclusive. I'll <laughs> <laughs> take. They're going, they're going to cash you. You, <laughs> like I mean, like they're the not finished jokes, so like it makes no sense. We'll finish it's like flow chart of alcohol, like I did before. <laughs> like no sense. I'm dying for a piss as well. Um, you go for a piss. It's like I'm, I'm grabbing me fucking crotch here. <laughs> the can is blocking it. <laughs> <laughs> just it looks see, like it's just jacking off. <laughs> it says funny how drugs used. To, funny how drugs use changed over the years. In the eighties was acid, nineties was the, was ecstasy, and now it's MDMA. <laughs> I've taken all that stuff, and I have to say it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it then. Yeah, I got loads more, but uh, that's that's for my stand up. Oh. oh, when's your next stand up? Oh, come on now! Come on now! Come when's on! You could, you wouldn't you wouldn't as a priest that question. Ah, we know you're going. You to wouldn't America. as a priest. Where are you going? America next week. I'm going to America. I'm going to America on Thursday. Perfect. And that's for blind dates. Now. Blind dates in uh, what's that place called? Woodlawn in New York City. Oh, perfect! Hopefully, see you there. Perfect. And then when you get back, have you got any planned stand-ups that people can go see? Um, we're going to be down in the Vodafone Comedy Festival, which is around here. No, Ivy Gardens. Ivy Gardens. Yeah, yeah. that's just down. That's not too yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quacking venue. For and it. then Waterford after that. Then Waterford for like a presentation for Coors Light. Coors Light, the finest cheap beer in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that sponsorship deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's it then, yeah. That's, per- mm-hmm. so that's the next two things that are yeah, coming up. Where, are it, the yeah. people listening, 
Fucking yeah. get down and support Owen. Please come down, guys. Because I need he this. obviously fucking needs it. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> <laughs> shh, shh, shh. And if you want to keep up to date on anything, we'll put a link to own socials down mm-hmm. below in the description. Also, your Instagram's Oak Hogan Fitness. Fitness, yeah, yeah because Fitness. it's all about the body these days. In like your body's a temple. Body is a temple, and also the mind is is a it's an erogenous zone for sexuality. <laughs> Ooh, I, I mean, wanted to be silent and let that hit deep, but I. I, I want to get that tattoo on <laughs> ribs. Do you? Yeah, yeah, get yeah. Face like Which that. Are fa- body's class. Man. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, body's class. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, no, we really appreciate you coming on the show. With Thanks us. for having me on, guys. You're a phenomenal. And if I was talking shite, I really do apologise. I was kind of steamed throughout. That's ideal, though. Yeah, yeah it's like, like being in the ocean, you're kind of going, I can't swim, lads. <laughs> well, you were comfortable, and that's what you were preaching. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, Owen, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. Thank you.